<laughs> Bro, what's it doing? It's not tightened, is it? I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Too much is going on. Get cozy, Mahal. We're figuring it out. Oh, no, no, no. Look, look, look. Got it. Got it. Period. Welcome back. We did it. Welcome to the TMB studio. Work in progress. Our We're- last two brain cells really fought to set this up today. <laughs> We're missing art, as you can obviously tell. But listen, it's coming together. And Patreon gave very good suggestions for art. Patreon so did we're just give taking our time great with suggestions. It. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and say this now. Don't get comfortable with this because, yeah. again, we don't live in the same city. And this is in my apartment in LA and Meadow is in San Diego. So we're going to try to make this happen as yeah. frequently as we can when we're doing solos. But, like, we're growing, learning, changing together. Exactly. That's It's very thoughts, maybe. I just can't believe we're sitting here right now. We've also never even practiced recording in person we've never tried recording in person we've never sat and even talked on the podcast in the same room ever it feels weird so our energy is gonna be interessant yeah chaos anarchy and chaos i just it feels weird but i'm proud of us i'm so proud of us guys this is a big deal mahal sleeping on the ground so if you hear noises that's her shout out to paula come on who sent us this very kind gift that already has my hair all over it, which means, you know, I love it. How many times have we said that on the podcast? It's so spot on. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Can't handle it. I wonder if she got a custom made. Instagram shop. She got hit with the Instagram ad and was like, they know they know what I'm listening to. I know. Which honestly, Paula, if you're listening to this, I need you to link it to me because like six people asked me where that was from no, when I posted great. about it. Yeah. It's really great. But anyway, welcome back to another episode of TMB. We're here with a Q&A for you yeah, today. Absolutely. So I feel like we should Rip we just like jump in because listen, we do a lot of unpackings. I feel like the people just don't care. Yeah. Or they can, you know, tune into the next unpacking yeah. if you do care. Just sweet. I love doing Q&As. Me too. They're really good. Fun way to get to know the people. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the only times that it feels like, besides Patreon, feels like a very cool back and forth, like actual yeah. discourse. Also, I like to see the way that our listeners grow because when they ask multiple, yeah, or like a month later they ask a different question. That's something I'm like, oh, like I'm seeing, I'm seeing you work through some patterns, yeah. baby. So it's fun. We notice. We notice. I just had a weird fear that like nothing was recording. <laughs> like looked at the computer and I was like, no, it that it looks like it's doing it. I'm shocked that I like I am Rory now. Okay, can we just talk about what went into this though? Tell the people a yeah, little bit quick. about because I feel like people are like just start a podcast. <laughs> we even bought these mic stands like an hour ago yeah we've been wanting them for a very long time they make a world of difference i could tell you that i'm bringing this home to san diego and back up every time okay question number one <laughs> ways to heal from toxic people who trigger you but are no longer in your life mm, totally okay i'm gonna start with just the first thing off the dome top here's me getting woo woo immediately look like that that shit definitely lasts with you especially if it's a relationship like a romantic relationship not just like a friendship or family Mm -hmm. members like it's it's that shit is ingrained so much that at least for me it took a lot of kind of like the deeper almost more like getting into subconscious work to kind of like let go of attachments so for Mm. i'd say things like meditations with that sort of theme or like even asmr videos when they're like plucking attachments and like cutting and releasing it like plucking visualization visualizations genuinely really help you kind of feel like you're putting that into something and letting it go in a different way rather than just ruminating or journaling it Mm -hmm. feels more of a release at least for me well i mean i like physical things like that like at hoffman take a shot we did a lot of visualizations but a lot of like 
physical activities that were really helpful. Mm-hmm. We would like write our patterns down and then you can like stomp on them or like rip them up or like throw Burn them in a fire. Or, yeah. So I feel like that's something that could be helpful. Writing down things that like made you angry or like things that are triggering you. Because I feel like with toxic people that are no longer in your life, it becomes like hyper present or hyper prevalent I should say once that person's out of your life how bad it actually was because I feel like you totally. start to see it in totally. other people you start to, yeah, yeah you start to see those behaviors and then it can be really triggering mm-hmm. and that's kind of on you because that person might not actually be exhibiting those behaviors mm-hmm. and you just might be projecting onto them and it just will be triggering you or maybe they are and then that's a better tell there's something to be said too about i think we've talked about this before mind body connection and how you can intellectually tell yourself you're safe and not a traumatic or triggering situation but your body doesn't always hear that message like you have to physically do something with your body to send the same message that it's safe now so that's why things like even the physical write it out to burn it like that i don't know just that kind of like mind to body connection helps you embody it in a different way it also feels like kind of what we talked about last recording about or a couple, I think it was a Patreon recording over the break about releasing anger. Okay. And that's forgiveness. Where I was, that's where my brain was going right, right? now. Yeah. Because th- that is a big fucking piece of it. Yeah. We've talked about this a million times, but forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other person. For some reason, all that fucking keeps coming to my brain right now is values. And I think it's because I was just writing about it. But I think that like taking inventory of the things that actually are important to you mm-hmm. and that you actually value mm-hmm. once you're able to step out of a toxic relationship, because I feel like toxic people tend to project a lot of shit onto you. And tell you a lot of things about yourself that aren't true. Mm -hmm. So I think that aside from the forgiveness and the acceptance and the compassion and all that sort of stuff, taking inventory and taking stock of like who you actually are Mm -hmm. and relearning to hear your own thoughts and voice and hear your own voice in your head and like actually trust your instinct. Because I think a lot of what goes into toxic people and toxic relationships is a lot of gaslighting. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like. And losing yourself. Yeah. Like how can you trust yourself if someone keeps telling you for X amount of time that like you're wrong or that Mm -hmm. whatever it is that they're gaslighting into thinking. So I think just taking inventory of who you actually are, what is important to you, what your values are, and leading your life as aligned and as authentically as you possibly can. Also, I think what's helpful, because sometimes I forget about this and I forget that there's like very tangible ways instead of just like, oh, do the work or like, oh, like what are your values? Like literally Google a values list. Oh, also within a month and a half, we'll have something to help you with that. Yeah. Literally. Google journal prompts, mm-hmm. Google a values list mm-hmm. and like look through those things and and look to see what feels aligned with you. And that's an interesting way to also be like, oh, I thought this was important to me, but turns out it was only important to that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best ways to do that, to just give a hint at something mm-hmm. that we're working on that'll help you later is like do a bunch of different journaling or get one of those. Um, there's like worksheets where you can kind of like yeah. answer a bunch of questions or circle and then you find the top three or four mm-hmm. consistencies and like kind of the root of each one of those. I also find that like once you start cutting those people out of your life or that person out of your life, it's going to become so much easier to cut the next person out because you start to feel what it feels like to feel free. Mm-hmm. And then you never want to go back. Never. It yeah. becomes really unattractive to you. I think mm-hmm. that's also a key, which I also really like that reframe. I hear it a lot on like dating TikTok where it's like reframing people like not being interested in you or like instead of it being part of the chase, reframing it as an ick. That's a good reframe with toxic people of reminding yourself, I don't want friends like that. I don't want family like members treating me like that. Oh, I don't want my partner to treat me that way. Okay. So I have an example of Aaron and I driving up to LA discussing mm-hmm. that exact thing. Really? I'm going to get hate for it. Say it. Because it's, it's about SZA's new album. 
Okay. So SZA's last album came out at a perfect time for me. Felt every song, still feel every song deeply. This album came out, I've been in love with the love of my life for the past five years. Aaron and I listened to it on the way up and we were like, this is so toxic. Just listening to SZA say a lot of different things in her lyrics. And, and Aaron and I got into a whole conversation about how it's so sad when people do the whole like run back to my ex or feel like they have to like mm -hmm. go back to something that they felt was aligned for them that, but didn't work out because we were like, it's so fucking clear that if it doesn't work out and if, to, if there's not some level of ease and flow and commitment and trust run 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 never go back and chase that like that is such a clear indicator of what's not for you and it's just so sad that it's 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 i guess not sad but it's hard to teach people that or embody that or really get that message across poignantly if you haven't fucking felt it because even i did it before i found it mm -hmm. you know so it's a hard message to get across but it's like don't go back I think it was The Cut that wrote this article. It probably was because it's all I read. After J-Lo and Ben got back together, mm. they wrote an article being like, just because J-Lo did it doesn't mean you should. Oh, so, oh I love them because it's that. Because when they did that, when they got back together, I feel like I saw so many people on the internet being like, oh, that's if J-Lo did it, like, that's my cue, like, no. going back. But I was talking to my resident Gen Z friend, my boyfriend's sister, and <laughs> she's 22. And we were talking about this, and she literally said the same thing because we were talking about how shit's just, like, bleak right now. And she was like, all of the music that's being made is so fucking toxic. Yep. She's like, and it just gives no hope because how many of us show of hands? Every time I like watch a movie, like I pretend, I'm like, I'm in the movie. Yeah. Sure. Like I walk out of a theater and I'm like, I was that main character. Yeah, absolutely. When we're listening to music that's like that or we're watching TV that's like that, it's like we, you, you want to embody it because no, it like feels good. This is also why Aaron and I said we're not watching season three of White Lotus because it feels low vibrational. All it is is like lying, cheating, toxicity, yeah. scheming. And it's like after a while to no end. If that's all you're consuming, you subconsciously start to replicate that. Well, I think you just start to justify certain behaviors. I think it's like right. I never understood when I was younger. My mom would get annoyed at me when I would like watch Gossip Girl all day. <laughs> because yeah. I like thought I was them. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? You were Blair. Yeah. yeah. So I like never understood it, but I, I get it. I get why parents do that where they're like, you can't watch it because you start acting like a brat. Yeah. You start acting that way. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. I'm having a lot of clarity around certain things my mother did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, oh hopefully God. that answered any of your question or gave you helpful advice. Oh, well. What? Okay. Here's a part of the question that I didn't, maybe you heard it. I didn't. They said, ways steal from toxic people who trigger you, even though they're not in your life anymore. Oh, uh, I still kind of stand by what we said. Well, block unfollow. Or mute. I, first of all, when I was in college, I had to, I did an entire research paper about the like psychological effects of following and stalking people on Instagram and Facebook post breakup. They've done okay. research on it. Like you, what did you find? Fucking cut that shit out. It, it keeps you perpetuated in this cycle for yeah. so much longer and negative feelings and well-being and like negative effects last, you know, six months plus longer. Yeah. The more you keep that around. Well, you're not letting it go and energetically you're not letting it go. Yeah. Until you actually cut that tie. Absolutely. Like, you're not going to move on. You're not going to level up to whatever vibration you're trying to level up to. Mm -hmm. Also, I've never understood this because I don't – I think I've maybe done it once in my life. Honestly, like, hand to heart. I don't understand when people hate stalk oh. or, like, hate follow people. I don't hate follow people, but I've been upset at someone that was in my life previously and continue to follow up on their life to see what's going on because it was hard to let go of. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to rephrase that. I do understand why people do it. Stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so unhelpful and it just makes you so angry. And you but I understand a anger is a much comfier feeling than like being upset. Totally. Totally. It feels much more manageable because it mm -hmm. feels like it's kind of in your control. Mm -hmm. Which is all a lie want. your anger is telling you. Yeah, but it's like all we want. Mm -hmm. So I understand that. 
I understand that feeling. But hopefully that was helpful to like try to let go, even if they're triggering you, but they're not in your life anymore. Because you did the, you took the first step. They're not in your life anymore. That's really valuable. And I still go back to the first thing we said about like mind to body activities, whether it's writing something and burning, whether it's watching the ASMR, like especially if that's trigger, if your trigger triggers physical, like your heart beating faster or your hands Mm -hmm. get sweaty. Like if that's a physical embodiment of being triggered too, making sure you're sending messages through to your body through your body of its safety is so important even verbally saying out loud like you're safe mm-hmm. absolutely i love that okay okay next question we're warming up i know that took me a second sorry team that's okay <laughs> kay's gonna edit it so it doesn't look like it took a second <laughs> like literally it's just gonna be clips of me like <laughs> disassociating <laughs> doesn't disassociating feel so good sometimes oh, absolutely it's like when you rub your eyes. Did you see that TikTok trend that was like w- the Wednesday Adams people trying not to blink? And it was like, clearly none of you are mentally ill and have never disassociated before if you can't <laughs> not blink. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. What did you think about that show? for your peach. I thought it was cute. I thought it was I cute. I liked too. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was cute. There was, people got mad at the depiction of black characters on that show. People were mad that the only mention of her being Latina was like, she just says she's Latina and then they move on. Right. Where like, it could have been such a good opportunity for them to integrate. It was just a wasted opportunity on the writer's part. Yeah. Because they could have integrated that, especially because it's like, there's so much part of Latin culture, all the different stuff about like Dia de los Muertos and like all of those. Right. It's such a wasted opportunity. Right. To like integrate that or like, let's say they want her Cuban or like Caribbean, like santeria and things like that like totally. it's such a wasted opportunity for them to like integrate those more like witchy yeah. sort of like afterlife concepts that like are so ingrained in so many parts of latin culture yeah i had zero expectations and mm-hmm. put it on once when i was sick doing dishes and then ended up watching the whole thing in like two days so i think going in with like oh it's some like adam's whatever and be like oh it was cute like i really i have a question i'm not asking that. a lot from shows nowadays okay that was gonna be my question yeah. because i do think so i'm gonna preface it by saying that like there is a responsibility that people on tv have to make sure that there's widespread representation absolutely that i'm fully here with do you think that shows have the responsibility especially shows or movies because movies are like you get one shot and that's it do you think that they have the responsibility to like literally touch on everything like the fact that people were mad that they didn't make her gay no because i think Unless it's, I think it's art. So whether Mm -hmm. art has to have a meaning attached to it or not is not for me to say. And I also think depending on who it's coming from, that can be really fucking inauthentic. If that's trying to do it from like Mike White from White Lotus, like really him. Like, have you looked into him? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like anything he was going to try to touch on more than what they did would have been inauthentic. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm like, I don't necessarily need tons of political messaging or for you to hit every box in art because because I'm very objectively viewing it as art and not taking it as like what's representing me, I guess. But that's also speaking from a place of privilege because I'm represented in fucking everything. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm with you. That it's coming from a place of privilege, but it's kind of how I feel. But I also really do like get excited if it comes from an authentic place and it's done well it makes me so excited and i i prefer art that does it i agree i i think that did you watch that movie with um what's her face from riverdale that came out i don't even know riverdale oh my god what is it with uh cami mendez that came out recently okay whatever couldn't tell you. it was cute it was a good movie but basically the point is every time i've been watching movies that are like hyper focused on gen z i feel like they're do they do that which is great in one way, but then in the other way, it feels like the entire thing is a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's oh, like, absolutely. it's almost like a satire yep. of like their reality, yep. of like our reality. Yeah. I wonder what the I balance mean, like, is because you, you need the representation well. and we want that. Mm-hmm. And again, you and I are speaking from a place of privilege because even as a Latina, like I'm a white passing Latina, like mm-hmm. I, it's not hard to like find myself represented on TV in some capacity. I mean, I, that's actually, I take that back. There, they don't, there's not that many stories of like Latin women 
that are done well. Done well. Especially ones that are like in the US mm-hmm. that like is mm-hmm. that in between or whatever. But anyway, I don't know. Sometimes it feels a little like quippy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. what I mean. I feel like it depends on who's making the art. Mm-hmm. Like whether I expect or want a certain message from you depends on the person behind it to me. I'm kind of with that. Yeah. I'm kind of with that. Winnie Cummings said something interesting the other day on her podcast. I think it was her episode with Katie Kirk where she was talking about the role of comedians in society. She was saying how before it was like, they're just the assholes. Mm-hmm. Like they're just the assholes that say what you're thinking, but like you're too afraid to say it. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that like will push like, buttons, cancel, push yeah, buttons, yeah, yeah. like do the whole thing. Now they're expected to be political commentators. Oh, absolutely. And like the Trevor Noahs mm-hmm. or like even Stephen Colbert, like we look to them as like political commentators and like social commentators. Why the fuck are you looking to the class clown to do that, babe? Do you know what I mean? That's what she was saying. That's kind of And there's some feel. people that are like built for that, like Stephen Colbert, I feel like, and sure, Trevor Noah are like sure. built for that. And their comedy, I think, is, like, skewed to that. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, people like Whitney Cummings or whoever other comedian. It's just, like, that's just not – it's no one's job to fill every role. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that, like, I get nervous talking about this because, like, again, you and I are so new to, the, like, the internet stuff and posting things. And it just freaks me out that, like, if my opinion does not align with every single person watching, like, I'm inherently bad. Right. Right. Because that's the narrative that, like, cancel culture has perpetuated. hmm Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous because, like, no – you know, unless you're not, unless you're hurting someone or like perpetuating hate mm-hmm. in a way that's going to hurt someone or perpetuating hate, period. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why people should be nervous to talk about like their differences in opinions. I, it's interesting because I feel like the little glimpses we've gone on that with like our TikTok comments, mm-hmm. the more it's happening, the easier it's becoming for me to let it go in a way that I didn't expect. Granted, it hasn't happened to yeah. us a lot. But, like, the more it happens, the more it shows, like, how easily what we say gets misinterpreted in a 15-second clip. So it's, like, I take none of it. I mean, we're just never going to please everyone. That's yeah, the exactly. thing. Exactly. We're never going to please every single person in the room, and that's fine. Honestly, this past – I know we joked about it on one of our – like, on our season opener of, like, people screaming at me on my TikTok. And, like, unless I was, like, looking at it, like, I didn't think about it. Exactly. Because I was, like – like, I'm not – doing anything wrong i'm not perpetuating hey i'm not like mm-hmm. the first time it happened to me with my school shooting tiktok it did yeah i remember and then the the like the times it's happened with thoughts well, may vary like really a little bit or charged. more right and then the, the more it happens the less i'm but also speaking of comedians i want you to watch the shane gillis comedy and come mm-hmm. back and talk about it because he walks a tight rope with some like jokes mm-hmm. but you and i love humor that pushes boundaries so he like invites an audience to walk a tightrope with him that is fucking mm. funny okay i gotta watch it so yeah i, I want to watch it later. and give it thoughts okay should we move on to the next key we've answered one question it's taken 30 minutes good for us it took me so long to warm <laughs> up again like i just needed a second oh okay this is a fun one okay. what do you think should be taught in sex ed today masturbation okay. oh my god yes my first one was our fucking cycles Oh, my God. Okay. Wait, in your sex ed, did they separate boys and girls? Yes. Okay, same. First of all, why are we doing Does that? not need to happen. Absolutely don't do it. Yeah. We should all know about everybody anyway. And you can't just, like, separate sex when gender isn't defined because they're starting at such a young age. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, the second thing or, or first thing that came to my mind was every human goes by a circadian rhythm. People that also have ovaries and uteruses and all the jazz also have a different, what's it called? Infradian. Infradian rhythm. No one ever fucking, infradian rhythm. No one ever fucking taught us that. And then like your energy levels. Elizabeth taught me that at 24 years old. Exactly. Like your energy level, tasks that you can focus on and when to be social and like things to eat to help you during those times monumentally changed my life in a way that is so sad that it was never even introduced or taught Mm -hmm. to us. Well, it just, it's the same reason that like doctors just, what? (laughs) Just realized that you got Florida pup 
like, oh, well, you're a private school, but Florida sex education. That's funny. Sorry. I couldn't coming from a California bitch. Tell you. I think our sex ed was we watched the birthing video. Yep. Well, that, was, that was in ninth grade. Oh, mine was um, like seventh. No, that's a lie. It was in high school. That was in, it middle was in school. middle school. Yeah. I think it was eighth grade though. I okay. think it was like the last year of middle school. Sex ed, I think it was like seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got it younger. I got it like six. Mm, it might have been six, six but it was six or seventh and they separated us out of the room to like talk about like periods when did you get your period i got my period in high school i got my period late i was like 14 i got my period in sixth grade i was 12 star testing week but that's the thing too is like sex ed needs to also be younger because like puberty starts younger puberty starts younger and what about the girls that get their period when they're 10 exactly then they're just like alone exactly okay so stuff about our infradian rhythm and periods absolutely masturbation especially female masturbation Mm -hmm. how about like teaching everyone basic anatomy because i feel like we barely got that absolutely how about like setting energetic boundaries with sex i wonder what is different now with sex ed but i guarantee you that certain states don't teach consent oh my god yeah i bet like five do Mm -hmm. would love like california new york (laughs) yeah would love some ways to like identify like abuse or toxicity or like power dynamics like just all the nuance that comes right. with it. Also, like, I'm sure that they talk about, or not, I don't even want to say I'm sure because I'm sure they fucking don't, but like yeah, don't the way that they talk about porn maybe <gasps> and totally. understanding the nuance that comes with that because I feel like a lot of younger boys learn from porn mm-hmm. and then they can bring that aggressiveness or violence into the bedroom without having that conversation Absolutely. with their partner first. Absolutely. That could be something that you're into, but like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I doubt someone wants to lose their virginity and get like choked out at the same time. Yeah. You could. Oh, STDs? Nothing wrong with that. Do they even teach us about STDs? I feel like that's what they run I the list. I feel like that's what it is. I feel like, but I feel like, I feel like sex ed is like abstinence yeah. and STDs. But they make gonorrhea seem like a death sentence. And don't you like take a pill and it's for like three days or something? Like, this is what I mean. Like, I, I think like normalization and tone even in these messagings. Well, it's a lot of it's fear based. Yeah, exactly. It's fear mongering. It's, it's total fear mongering and it's completely fear based. And like, I understand if I'm sitting up here, like, I understand that perspective because it's easy. Mm-hmm. because people out. are lazy mm-hmm. and they don't want to have the conversation mm-hmm. and they don't want to train their guidance counselors or who, their science teachers, whoever the fuck is giving this conversation. And then they still want to make abortion illegal after never teaching you anything about how to protect yourself or your energy or... Right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Because that's exactly what makes sense. Yeah. Exactly. So just a couple of those things. Probably more, things. but a couple of those things. Okay. Also, wait, pause. If you like that conversation, go back to season one and watch Sarah or listen to, to Sarah, Sarah Shikui's yeah. episode. It's a lot yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay. Someone asked how to handle seasonal depression. I recently posted something on Instagram. It was like a Substack article of an account that I think is pretty cool. Shoot. Is it called Woke Scientist? I think it is about how everything in nature right now is like hibernating and turning inwards and taking some time and how in like a capitalistic society, we don't offer people in like a nine to five a chance to adjust their schedules to actually be outside in the light. And rather you wake up in dark and the second you leave the office, it's dark and you there's no like if if we could somehow work with the seasons and work with nature rather than against nature, it would offer people a lot better of an opportunity to dissipate seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. That I think is really interesting. And I just haven't heard people talk about. So immediately that tells me like getting more in sync with your feelings in any way you can, whether you can on your lunch break, take a walk to make sure you are getting time outside in the light. Absolutely. Within the first two hours of waking up, if you can, it is imperative that you get out into the sun mm-hmm. just for even just a little bit. It makes a monumental difference to your sleep schedule and just your overall health and like serotonin production, even sad lamps. If you don't have access to other things, but like a $30 sad lamp can even help a little bit. 
vitamin D pills and supplements, consulting with yes. your doctor, but vitamin taking vitamin D supplements is a huge deal for so many people. Yep. Um, I was just thinking about the fact that Aaron just walked out and he's going to need a key to get back up. God damn it. <laughs> Should we pause? all that's going through my brain right now. <laughs> Let's pause. And Well, did he leave? I don't know. Aaron. Welcome to TMV. Meadow has fully transformed into her final form. You want to say anything, Meadow? <laughs> Bro, she, the way she stares at you is so weird. That's my floppy noodle. And we're back. Anyway, what were we talking about? We just caught for a second, so if we look different, don't worry about it. Um, you were talking <laughs> Not about... Mind your business. Yeah, mind your business. <laughs> we were talking about all the vitamins that you need to take. But you oh, said them all. But yeah, but, oh, do you have any seasonal depression tips? Okay, so we said vitamins. You've lived outside. in New York, so you've been through it. Yeah. Luckily, my office in New York had huge windows, so nice. I could see the sun go down. But it was, it did really fuck me up where, like, the days that I would get, like, I'd get out of the subway and then it was just pitch black. Or mm -hmm. I would leave work and it was pitch black. And it's just, like, unfortunate. Kind of sad. Uh, right now, I'm trying to find ways to deal because the room that we're sitting in right now is my office mm -hmm. and there's no windows in here. Mm -hmm. It's great because it makes me concentrate because it feels like I'm in a fucking cubicle. But also, it's, it fucks me up when I go outside and the sun is down. Totally. I would just say try and find moments where you can at least walk outside mm -hmm. and just like get a breath of fresh air. Some jobs, it's hard to do that. But like you can even find literally one second to just go outside, take a deep breath and come back inside. I feel like that'll make a difference. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do that, maybe whether it's like waking up earlier to get that extra daylight in the morning and like mm -hmm. taking a walk or like I really like to when I wake up in the morning to immediately go outside. Yep. I'm so happy that I have a fucking balcony now. Yeah. But I'll I'll open the balcony doors and I'll like light some Palo Santo and or like a candle. I'll open the doors and I'll stand. Literally like in my robe or in my PJs, mm -hmm. I look ridiculous. And my neighbors are like, what's going on? But I'll just stand outside and I'll just like go like this directly, like with yeah. the sun just beaming down on me. I mean, it helps you wake up and it helps like set your body and be like, oh, it's we're awake now. But also just feels good. It feels good. Also, even if you're in a cold climate, research does say mm -hmm. as much of your skin that you can show the sun yeah. for just 10 minutes even, mm -hmm. even if it's cold, just like rolling up those sleeves, like as much body skin as you can get with it is the vitamin D you need. So yeah. Also to sound like a broken record, but stay tried and true on your coping strategies. Like mm -hmm. you really got to mm -hmm. like be on top of like what you know helps and up them and be consistent. No? Love that. Thank you for the question. That was a great question. Oh, this is sweet. How do you tell your friends you love them? What do you do to show it and say it? Oh my God. All we do is tell each other outright how obsessed we are with each other and how much we but, love each other. But can I just say that as somebody who was not used to this. Yeah, you were not. Me it, and Maddie like. Yeah. So except for some, I, I feel like because this person asked them the question, they mm. might skew towards me. Totally. Totally. Because for people like you, I mean, I don't know. Does it come very naturally to you? Yeah. I was raised in a naked family. Right. Like love and touch and, and like telling each other words of affirmation. Very easy. Right. I'm like, don't touch me, please. Yeah. Unless I'm sleeping with you, I don't need you to touch me. But not anymore. Not you anymore. like cry in our arms. You play with our hair. I you always, always like, yeah, I us. always like tickle your like your arms or something yeah. or like give you guys cosquillas or something. Yeah. I'm opening up. But I think that's a nice way. If physical touch freaks you out, that's fair. Totally. Be slow. Because I still don't like to cuddle with you guys. Yeah. Like when you sleep over, like get away from me. Right. Yeah, I just can't deal with it. I'm just basically announcing that we're not there yet. I don't Maddie think and I would there. be on a couch and like hold each other. No. Maybe not to fall asleep at night. I don't. But think I would I'll be on be a there. couch and like put my legs under her butt or like. Yeah, I'm a sure. Girl. I like like one point of contact. Yeah, that's fine with me. But I think 
saying it, I think it's nice just to say it. Be like, you know, I love you. Or like mm-hmm. showing gratitude, I think is so easy. If your friend, have we talked about this? Or no, Maddie and I talked about this, where we were saying how on my third date with my now boyfriend, a girl came up to me. I think I told the story on the podcast. A girl came up to me right when we had gotten to the bar and she came up to me. She was like, hi, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but like, you're really pretty. And I just wanted to tell you that I think you're really pretty. And like, keep doing whatever you're doing because like you look great i feel like i do remember that and not only was it so nice yeah just i it was so nice and thoughtful but also like it made me feel great in front of him to be like i looked over at him and i was like never forget who you're with (laughs) like never forget who you're standing next to because he was like does that happen often and i was like like, quite frankly no the time (laughs) yeah so i told maddie this and maddie was like we need to if we ever see a girl on a date do that do that to go up to her and be like by the way like you're so beautiful blah 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 I think about that whenever I see people like on the street or like if I have the thought, I'm like, oh, I loved her outfit or I loved her nails or whatever. And I don't say it. I'm like, why didn't you say it? Totally. Just say it. Totally. So I feel like if you ever have those moments with your friends, like just say it. Say it. And maybe practice with a stranger if it's easier yeah. than your friends. And also like if it's hard or uncomfortable because you're not used to it to saying it outright to their face, like write a really sweet card, like find a card at a oh shop my God, that reminds you We love cards. We, we're a big card family. Yeah. Or like send a text or like just thinking of you. Love, There's different yeah. ways to say I love you. you love know? languages are not just for romantic relationships. Order them food one day, get like lunch delivered mm-hmm. to their house through Uber Eats. Mm-hmm. You like just wanted to make sure you were fed today. Because yeah. I know you have a long day studying. Love like, acts little of things service. Like that. Yeah. Find little ways that yeah. feel good for you. And then the more you do them, the comfier it gets. Also with long distance friends, like the ones that you don't see as much, mm-hmm. that's so fun. Because like if you're staying with them or something, you can like get them a little gift. You totally. can get them flowers. Just something to be like, I'm grateful for you. And thank you for like letting me stay in your home. Or totally. Whatever it is. But there's different ways. Yeah. I love that question. Though. I know that question's really sweet. That was really sweet. Okay. We're a good friend group to ask that question too. Because all we do is fawn over each other. I mean, we talk about my birthday on here like it's a fucking religion. Like yeah. this last birthday that I had, I sobbed at the Ridiculous. table. Ridiculous. Because and I, I was didn't just see like, it. Hey, like me. <laughs> Someone get Meadow. No. <laughs> the fact that that's like what came out of my mouth first. I know. A tear so left and I was like, Someone get Meadow. <laughs> like, tell Meadow I cried in public. Yeah, it makes me so happy. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, I laughed when I read this and you had a funny remark when you read it. Am I meant to live somewhere else or am I just fleeing from my problems? <laughs> yeah, immediately I saw that. And I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to answer that, babes? I don't know. I think if you're, an- if you're asking the question, you're fleeing your problems. <laughs> Or there's, yeah, there's at least some truth to that if you have to ask. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Depends on what the problem is. Because it depends what the problem is because I don't think there's anything wrong with a change of situation. No. Okay. Going back to values because that's all I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, yeah. Part of the article that I was writing about values, there was a whole section and I was talking to the therapist that I was interviewing about what happens when your values change Mm -hmm. and how to reassess and Mm -hmm. how to not have an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And what she was explaining to me was emotions, as we know, are, there are everything. They're like, there are flags to be like, hey, for whatever it is, there are data. Or I should say rather, emotions are our data. Negative emotions, she was saying, that's like that red flag of like, hey, something needs to shift. So what she was explaining with values where she was like, if your values have shifted, but your habits haven't, that's when those emotions arise. And that's when you know, hopefully, that you will create a positive change around it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think if you're like trying to move because you have the itch to move and you have the urge to move, something might have shifted in your life. Mm-hmm. Look at what it is that's shifted and look at why you actually want to move. Write it down. Like get to the root of why you actually want to move. The looking at it is going to keep you from 
avoidance versus like making a positive change because you're mm-hmm. you're knowing exactly what you're addressing. Yeah, because yeah. if you're running from something, we've talked about it a million times on here, it will follow you and it will show up exactly. in your life in a different way because exactly. the universe will continue to present you the lesson until you learn it, period. So running never works. That's on the untethered soul. But you're also talking to someone who like moved, moved, moved. Like I, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing to get a change of scenery, to get Neither a new perspective. I. Yeah. And I've done dramatic moves. Dropped out of college, applied to one other place nine days before the deadline and decided to leave anyway and leave the city. Like I've yeah. done dramatic ones too, but it's because I knew I was like so depressed and so anxious in a place if I didn't make a drastic change, like I would be so unhappy. I couldn't keep doing this. But that's a perfect example of you're not running from your problems, but your problems are leading you to a positive solution. Totally. And moving isn't permanent. And it worked out great. Moving is not permanent. Nothing is yeah. permanent. Just make sure that like you're not spending so much money on an actual move. Right. You can like don't pack put your yourself car. in a risky situation. D- please like, be safe. Yeah. If you're Craigslisting the roommates, just please don't. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think if you're asking the question, you know the answer. Right. But I don't think that it's always a bad thing if it's what's triggering you mm-hmm. because maybe it's that negative emotion that triggered I want to move, but mm-hmm. it might be a deeper reason. It might be time. And there is quite literally no, like you said, no such thing as running from your problems. It's going to find, find you. you in a different font, different flavor. Literally a different flavor. Yeah. They're still going to be here. So I don't know why all of the Fanta flavors just came to my mind when you said that. That's a funny Halloween costume. We're yeah. all different Fanta girls. Yeah. But we're all different variations of a problem. One of us can be avoidance. One of us can be projection. Okay. One of us can be- I hope you're putting your graphic right now right here. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Great question. I think we have like two more questions. Cool. Okay. Coping with heartbreak and being single, dating has never been this hard for me. Advice. I think that they also mentioned they're living in New York. I was, took the words out of my mouth, which sounds like a, it, I don't know, but dating in New York is like a notorious beast that I'm unfamiliar with and I know how scary it is. Please take it away. Okay. So someone who <laughs> dated in New York. <laughs> no, she was like, this is my domain. <laughs> yeah. I was single in New York for the two years that I was living there, except for like three months at the beginning, which doesn't even count. I did not start dating though until... 2019 so it was like really just that one year prior to the pandemic and it wasn't even all of 2019 dating in new york is a fucking competitive sport i don't know how else to put it it feels like meetings where because everyone's in such a rush all the good ones are taken mm. you you feel like you're just like it literally is a fucking competitive Sucking sport out soul. and you're just like let's go for a drink let's go to this it's like it's so fast-paced whereas like I remember I've talked to friends in LA when I was single and we'd be going on dates and they'd be like, oh my God, like you're going to go for drinks. Like, why don't you go for dinner? Like, and I'm like, cause I don't want to spend three hours with them. Yeah. I don't know them. Right. Like if I like them at drinks, we'll go get a bite to eat. Sure. And that's like the New York brand in me. Hinge needs to sponsor me because that's how I met my boyfriend. <laughs> so I am a big fan of the apps. Yeah. Get on the apps. Give, we've done this countless times and listen to Amrit's episode, but give a like top three app tips. Okay. I was a Hinge and Raya girl. Mm-hmm. Those were my two. When you're making your profile, don't overthink it. Have a nice array of pictures. Have funny prompts that show your personality. Voice prompts, I feel like should be illegal, but sometimes they're funny. Mm -hmm. And also it helps you weed out the Mm -hmm. fucking weirdos Mm -hmm. because they could look cool in their pictures and you hear their voice prompt and you're like, they might kill me in my sleep. Yeah. So we kind of like them. Don't overthink it. I think when it comes to like having a conversation, this isn't AIM. Why are you talking to them for that long? Get the number if you want the number. If you don't want to give your number out, I totally fucking hear you. Set up a date though. Mm -hmm. Like make the date happen. If they're just like dilly-dallying on their end, 
move on. Move on. Or like tell them, be like, hey, like, or ask them out. Yeah. Honestly, I would say once you're going on dates, I would give it unless it's like a fuck no, Mm -hmm. unless you feel unsafe, unless Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. do something disrespectful. Mm -hmm. It's a full on fuck no. If it's like a maybe, give it three dates. Absolutely. First impressions are never accurate. No, not never, but like not never. But the first date that I went on with Zoe, I was like, he's awesome, but I think he's really like good. Not boring, but I was like, I don't think he has a sense of humor. Mm. He's the funniest. Little do you know, (laughs) he's the funniest fucking person I know. But it just took him a second to warm up. Also, it was a day date. Totally. Yeah. So that's another thing. There's a variation of types of dates: Mm -hmm. day dates, night dates, whatever. Okay, back to the point. Give it three dates if it's not like a full fuck no and you feel fine with it. Standards is another conversation that I want to have. We joke all the time that like the standards are in hell. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, people have the most ridiculous standards for people when they're not dating them. And then once they're dating them, that's when the standards go to hell. Because I've heard from a friendship perspective, I've seen that happen so many times and it's always so frustrating. I have a friend. And I've called her out on this, so she knows, but she also does not watch. I know exactly who it is. Literally wasn't going to go on a date with a man because he has a cat. And she goes, cat, I love you if you're watching this. You're not watching it. She goes, men that have cats freak me out. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Do I love cats? Like, not really. Do I respect them? Totally. You don't know why he has a cat. Maybe he wants a pet and he wants companionship, but like he's too busy to have a dog. Maybe his fucking dad died and gave him a cat. Or maybe he just likes cats. Maybe he just likes cats. Like, so like it's such he doesn't have like a pet lizard like and that. is like a 35 year old with a fucking yeah. lizard. Like and also whenever people have shit like that, it's always such an overgeneralization. It's like, what about you needs to judge them? Like, come on. So I just think like the weird standards that people all of a sudden get, like relax. Right. Okay. Like Everyone has quirks. Everyone has things. Not that having a cat is a quirk. But, and that is different from having self-respect and knowing what you want. So it's like, why are your standards? And I'm not saying this because this person has so much self-respect for themselves. Totally. But like, just in a generalization, why is that what you're nitpicking? But then you're like letting them talk to you a certain way or like treat you like an afterthought, like whatever it is. I think going back to what we were talking about at the beginning about toxic relationships, remember the icks Mm -hmm. and make those icks real. If they are not treating you well, if they're not excited to see you, if they are not planning for your dates, if they don't talk to you the way that you like to, if they're playing like a weird fucking weird game, that's a nick. Mm-hmm. That's not a let me chase you more. Yeah. It should be a nick. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. Aaron sneaking Come say hi. the camera kills me. Speaking of the love oh, of my life. Oh my God, you guys have never met Aaron. Oh, they've never met Aaron. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it's just a shot of his butt. Yeah. <laughs> still a mystery. <laughs> still a mystery. Forever a mystery. Um, I will say, too, because they this was, I've never been so heartbroken at the same time. Oh, and I didn't it, see that part of the question. Oh, maybe I didn't write it down. That's, but that was part of the I question. Didn't, I didn't know that part. That okay, part makes thought. me... So I still stand by every single mm-hmm. one of your dating advice, but if you've never been this heartbroken... You need to take time alone. Like, why are you dating? Yeah. Why are you dating? Yeah. Reevaluate your question as to why you're dating. Because if you're dating to fill that void, you got to fill it. What did we just say? Yourself, baby. It's just gonna follow you and pop up in different ways. Yeah. So ask yourself, why are you dating? If you just want attention, find a fuck buddy. Yeah. And still have standards for your fuck buddies. Oh, fuck buddies should be good people. Okay. Can I just say something on please fuck buddies? Please. If you're not having great sex with your fuck buddy, why are they your fuck fuck buddy? buddy? Period. I, I have never understood this. I've heard friends have fuck buddies who 
Or warm blankets. Or like mid at best. Yeah, yeah. Warm blankets. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need to like clean myself up now and like remove your like weird bodily fluids from my sheets for someone who like did not just give me the best orgasm of my life. Yeah. Just had to put that out there. So if you just want attention, get a fuck buddy. Yeah. But make sure that they had the fucking resume Mm -hmm. for the fuck buddy job Mm -hmm. and they're top of their game Mm -hmm. and they're the CEO of fuck buddies because- if not, sis, use your vibrator. There's such good ones nowadays. We're trying to get a Lilo sponsorship or mod sponsorship, baby. Look them up. Also, I will say, if you're having trouble dating and you're feeling like all the people that you're meeting are just like duds, take a quick beat and maybe like take a pause mm-hmm. and take inventory and just be like, maybe this is a sign that I just need to like do me for a second. And like mm-hmm. you said, especially if you're really heartbroken, don't throw yourself into it. Mm-hmm. There's also different types of heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. And I know this person. And I know how fucking... Well, don't tell me. I'll tell you. (laughs) I know like how special and valuable and unique and beautiful inside and out this person is. So it just makes me so sad. It makes me want to give like our top heartbreak tips of like turning inward, rediscovering yourself, finding new passions or hobbies. Like whether or not you have romantic love in your life, you have so many other types of love, like friendship love and family Mm. love and like love for a pet or like Jay Shetty talks about this. I think in his new book, It Rules for Love, like it doesn't have, like love is not conditioned to one purpose or like in one lane. And so really focusing on the other areas in your life that bring you love and kind of like turning back inwards to yourself and nourishing yourself is absolutely the best thing to do for yourself right now. Yeah. Oh, I wish I knew that part of the question from the beginning because I would have said all that. But your advice is still great advice. It's just like that maybe they have to do a couple things before they get to that stage. Yeah. For sure. Your advice stands. When I was heartbroken in New York those first three months, I didn't do shit yeah like i focused on my career i focused on myself i purged some friends i got some new friends yep i hibernated i went zero dark 30 yeah period i know this is such a trope but it kind of does feel good to like change the vibe what do you mean like experiment with your wardrobe cut your hair don't be dramatic maybe don't get bangs but like it's fun (laughs) to switch things up and like once again like sending messages to your body of like i'm in a different phase i'm in a new chapter i'm Mm -hmm. turning a page like doing that whether with clothes or with hobbies or with like your hairstyle or how you put on makeup like it does kind of feel fun and helps you embody a version of yourself separate from them oh another top tip that you and i have done together Mm -hmm. if your person was someone that you would like text all the time or call the time or tell something like if this funny thing happened you would always tell them do it to a friend Get a new friend to replace that habit with because rather than feeling a void, like if you can shift that a little bit into love that already exists or in a different way or a new friendship or something, it helps that habit like mend the gap, I guess, Mm -hmm. of their, of what feels like a void. Can I just say that I think New York is also the best city to be heartbroken in? Mm. Because I think it's, it's so fun. There's so much to do. It's not like LA Mm. where like everyone flakes. You need to, you're always alone. You need to coordinate because you're going to drive 400 hours to go to fucking dinner. It's so easy. It's also the land of like work friends. Yeah. And like work wives and like work yeah. husbands. Yeah. So I feel like go get a drink with your coworkers, go to happy hour. Like yeah. my thing on Friday nights, I used to work really late Friday nights. So my friend and I, our thing was we would go to Bar Pity and we'd get a plate of pasta and we'd get a bottle of wine Ew. and like we'd go home and go to bed. Like Have every you ever Friday night. Bumble friends? I feel like no. people do find friends that way though. People do. Yeah. People do. But like New York is fun to be heartbroken. Totally. Get so in your Carrie Bradshaw era. Go to museum alone. <gasps> Take yourself on solo dates. Go to Greenpoint and like dates. go to all the furniture places in Greenpoint. Get a coffee, go to lunch by yourself, bring a really good book. And it's good people watching. Yes, totally. And like, get inspiration for the next chapter. It could also be the land of meat cutes. 
Much more me cute. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think this is a good time for you. I think so too. I know yeah. I know it's a good yeah. time for this person. Even oh, if I they can't don't wait for Meadow to tell me after who was it sent yeah. that question. Yeah. Are her eyes closed? Yeah. Oh, she's asleep. So cute. I feel like that's where we should end. And we have one okay. more. We can save it for the next QA. Can save it for the next QA. We've been recording for a while and we yeah. want to make sure that it actually recorded. I know. Okay. <laughs> Yay to the our first in person recording. I think it went pretty well. Me too. What do you guys think? Tell yeah. us if not try. Tell us below. Leave a comment. Say hello. Be nice. Are we what you thought we were in person? You Is can't tell our heights, but both of us are short. <laughs> You're taller than me. By like half an inch? Sure. Five five? Oh yeah, literally then. Yeah. Half four and three quarters. There you go. Right. Love All right. you. Love you. Ciao. Thanks for watching. Ciao for now. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, baby. Gotcha.